1899, Sigmund Freud published his book, The Interpretation of Dreams. In Freud's, Freud's view, dreams are all forms of wish fulfillment, attempts by the unconscious to resolve a conflict of some sort, whether something recent that happened to us or something from the recesses of the past. Things that we cannot face when we are awake often show up in dreams to be processed and digested or resolved, as he would say. During dreams, we are more relaxed in our sensor duty than in waking hours, and, but we still remain attentive as such because we are still attentive, even though less attentive, the unconscious must distort and warp the meaning of its information to make it through that censorship. So images and dreams are often not what they appear to be, according to, to Freud, and they need deeper interpretation. In a nutshell, in his, in his view, dreams always come from below, if you want, and they carry a meaning that has to be understood. They always express something that we couldn't say in, in, in another way. His interpretation has been discussed thoroughly, and, and, but, but still we must recognize that there's some truth to that. Usually, dreams are dreams, are just dreams. They are production of our imagination, of our desires, of our fears, of our passions, of our anxieties, things that we have a hard time to face, they show up in dreams. They come from below. But there are some dreams that come from above as well, not from below. And I think we all have some experience of this, or at least we have heard someone speaking about it. Occasionally, we are visited in our dreams from on high. And these are usually vivid dreams, very vivid dreams, with very realistic contours. And we wake up with deep joy and peace, wishing that that dream would not fade. And we shouldn't be surprised about that. In the Bible, um, often God speaks through dreams as well. And Peter, in his first um, speech after Pentecost, he says, God says that I will pour out a portion of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. So dreaming dreams would be one manifestation of God in our midst. In November 2015, I woke up with a very clear quote in my mind. It was the strangest thing. Two in the morning, wake up, and in my mind I had 1 John 1, 4, 7. So I wrote it down, and then I went back to sleep. And then the next morning I read the Bible, and it was pretty amazing because it was a message that I needed to hear in that moment. And I'm sure you could have some examples of this, of God speaking through, to us through dreams. Joseph received God's visit in a dream. 
And it was a very important message for him and for all of us. It is called the Annunciation of Joseph. And we know the facts, what happened. Joseph had decided to divorce Mary, to whom he was betrothed. She was pregnant and the child was not his. So he was in distress. Some argue that Joseph never doubted Mary, that he knew her so well that he could never have thought that she would betray him in such a way. So he knows right away that the child was from God and felt completely unprepared or unworthy for that mission to be a foster father. So he attempted to run away. So some say that, but others, like Augustine, for example, they think differently. They accept that Joseph was really confused about this, that he had a really hard time to accept that Mary could have possibly cheated on him. It was almost unimaginable for him. But the facts were too concrete. She was pregnant. What would you think about that? So he was really confused. And because he had such a noble heart and not wanting to judge or condemn her, he decided to leave. I think this approach is more probable. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense that the angel had to explain to him the source of Mary's pregnancy in a dream. In any case, after Joseph received that explanation in this dream, it was enough for him. Right away, woke up in the morning and did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. No doubt about it. He just did it right away. So it was enough for him, just a dream, a vivid and concrete dream that is true. For example, the angel calls Joseph son of David. That is very concrete. And then he says, and you shall name him Jesus. That is also very concrete. No? So dreams that come from God, has, usually they do have this type of concreteness, if that is a word of concrete indications. And we wake up knowing that this dream, this particular dream was not from below, but from above. And I think there's some lessons to us as well. The first one, of course, is that, you know, pay attention to dreams. But even more important than that is that a deeper person, the, the, the deeper a person is, I would say, the less that person needs science to understand. You know, when someone is superficial, they don't get it. They are too concerned with themselves. So they need many concrete signs to get something, many explanations to get something, because they don't connect. They're not really aware. They're too self-centered. On the contrary, when someone is deep, this is when someone is attentive, when someone is out of herself, that person gets it right away. And I think love is the instrument of this type of understanding. The more loving a person is, the quicker she is to understand. When you love someone, the tone of the voice or a frown or a specific gaze is enough. You get it. You are attentive to that person. There's no need for many explanations. So Joseph trusted and loved God. 
he was troubled by that situation, not to the point of losing his sleep, by the way, no? He was not so troubled. Um, at the end of the day, he was able to say, Lord, you know, this is very confusing, but I put everything in your hands and I go to sleep. So he was sleeping like a baby, and in that moment, God spoke to him, and because he loved God, and also because he loved Mary, he got it right away. I think it must have been like a, like a, a very important moment for him. You know? Oh, sure, this now makes sense. A dream was enough for him. Unlike, unlike um, the first reading that we heard, Ahaz, he didn't want any sign. God was offering through the prophet a sign and he didn't want it because he was planning to wage that war and he didn't want to change his mind. He didn't want to listen to God. He was going to go for it anyway. So he said, no, 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 I will not ask any sign. And the prophet says, I will give you a sign anyway. The virgin shall conceive and let's see if you get it. And he didn't. He waged the war. So unlike that first reading, Joseph got it right away. The second lesson is that we that we can take away is that the more open to God's directions we are, the more he will keep guiding us. The more attentive we are, the quicker we get it. And then he can keep speaking to us in, in many ways. So Joseph took Mary with him and accepted the mission of protecting and loving the mother of the child and the child. And very soon he was awakened again in another dream. Take the mother and the child and fly to Egypt. So God kept speaking to him in that way. So how important it is to say to God, guide me, speak to me, show me. And if we love God and we want to do his will, we don't need much to know what he wants. At least we don't need we don't need much more than what he already revealed. So it, it's enough with a notch in the heart, with a word of, of the Bible, or with an indication, and, that, and then we know. There's this enlightenment in our mind and in our hearts of what we have to do. We have a word, by the way, for, what, for God speaking to us and calling us to do something. We, have, we do have a word for that. And we call it vocation. When God speaks and says, do something, we call it vocation. And Joseph received his vocation that night in a dream. And he knew and he accepted. And we all have a vocation, a call from God that unfolds through life. It's not a static thing that we receive one specific day. It's more like a dialogue continuing dialogue between God and, and the soul. What do you want from me, God? What do you want from me in this moment? How should I react to this situation? How should I serve you? How should I serve others? And then, see, we are open to his guidance. So I would like to raise this question for you as we end Advent, the Advent season. What are you being called to lately? As you approach the manger, are you following the star, so to say? Or are you just follow, following yourself, your own desires, your own plans? Are you open to the signs that God might be you know, sending to you?
could be a dream or it could be other ways. And finally, we, you know, we, we hear or we read often that uh, Joseph is pitied, pitied in, in some way. You know? He's presented as this poor man that was left outside. You know, he was the third. He was not the biological father, unlike Mary. He was not immaculate. Unlike her, he was not you know, sinless. He was not divine, unlike Jesus. He could not touch his wife. So people say, oh, poor man, he received this, you know, this dream and he had to bear with it. And I think that is so short-sighted. Think about it. Wouldn't you want to be him for two or three days at least? To live with Mary and Jesus Christ, to live with them, When, when we speak like that, when we look down on Joseph, we ignore the grace, the power of grace, and what grace can do in a man's heart, the power of beauty, the power of holiness, the power of living with Jesus and Mary, and what can produce in, our, in, in, a, in a heart, in his heart, in this case. He was so privileged. He got to witness and participate in the intimacy of the Holy Family. And because he was attentive, receptive to God's visitations, he had the honor and the privilege to live for many years in the hidden garden of the Holy Family, enjoying daily life with Mary and Jesus, seeing him to growing up, sitting with them at the table, joking with them, laughing and suffering together. I think he was the luckiest man on earth. So as we approach Christmas, let us ask for the grace to be more attentive, more open, more loving to God's visitations.